0: Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 311 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I am your host, John Chick. That song you are hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends in Pacifier. You can check those guys out anywhere you get your music. Please do so whenever you get the chance. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Bilt Bar. Go to BiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED. Fifteen, And you'll get 15% off your next order. Once again, that is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off of your next order. And we got a lot to do today. Obviously, the Rangers snapped their three-game losing streak over the weekend. They take down the Bruins 4-0. One of their most impressive performances of the season, I thought maybe one of the most complete 60 minutes that the Rangers have played uh, all year, really. Really? and just a lot of guys chipping in Mika Zabjan with a nice game he's obviously been under the microscope obviously the rangers get Artemi Panarin back that's the big news we've also got a lot of other things we got to talk about today as well rangers making a couple moves they have reinforcements on the way i'll just list them all right now and we'll dive into all of them and in- greater detail in a little while here. But first of all, uh, Jack Johnson was placed on waivers. You got Vitaly Kravtsov arriving to the United States. This is uh, just basically right after his KHL team was eliminated from the postseason. You've also got Morgan Barron. He was recalled from the minors, placed on the Ranger taxi squad. And uh, Phil DiGiuseppe, unfortunately, has been added to the NHL's COVID list. So there's obviously a lot to get through here today. But first of all, let's start with this win over the Bruins. Not really going to go period by period. I mean, it happened two days ago. You know how fast the news cycle moves, but we'll talk about at least some of the finer points, some of the bigger talking points to come out of this game here. First of all, this is a really big game, and I know I say that a lot on here. I know that a lot of Ranger analysts and people that cover this team say that quite a bit. It seems like every game is a big game, but really, it is. It's only a 56-game regular season, and when you're chasing a playoff position and you got a lot of quality teams that you're trying to jump, yeah, every game is a big game. And it's especially a big game when you consider the fact that the Rangers were on a three-game losing streak, all three losses coming in regulation, so no points to show for it, and they were also on a streak where they had scored just three goals in their last three games. It was a three-game stretch there where the Rangers were lacking jump, they were seemingly lacking some confidence, Alex Giorgiev was struggling mightily, they had big-time issues creating quality scoring chances, but you know, you come into this game on Saturday against the Bruins, and we're going to try and look at this glass half-full, that's the way we usually do things on here. You come into this game against the Bruins, if you win the game, you still have a chance to go... 3 and 3 on this 6 game road trip. And I realize it's a little bit disappointing because when you start a 6 game road trip by winning your first two games, you want to do better than 3 and 3. So I get that, but at the same time, the standings themselves, they don't care what order these wins and losses occur. In. Whether you win the first 3 games of the road trip and then you lose 3 in a row or vice versa, or you do what the Rangers did, you win 2, you lose 3, you win 1, it's still 3 and 3. And, you know, again, on one hand it is disappointing uh, after starting 2 and 0 oh, to not be able to do better than 3 and 3. But it's also far from a complete disaster, and it's also very nice to know that the Rangers, after basically being embarrassed on Thursday night's game against this very same Boston Bruin team, they come back, and they're the team doing the embarrassing on Saturday. They skated circles around this Boston Bruin team, and they go on to a 4 or nothing win in, like I said, what I consider to be one of the most complete wins that the Rangers have had all season. And it reminded me a little bit of the Islanders series earlier in the year. If you guys remember, they started the season playing the Islanders two games in Madison Square Garden, on opening night it's basically just a disaster the rangers lose the game 4 to nothing uh, everybody's panicked and you know this season's going to be a disaster this that and the other thing and then they come back and they respond with a 5 nothing win two days later against this very same New York Islander team. It was basically the same deal here. The Rangers get shut out on Thursday, they do the shutting out on Saturday, and they just look like a completely different team, just a complete 180 from the previous game against the Boston Bruins. But another reason I consider this to be just a complete game for the Rangers, first of all, they were great in the first period. I thought they really hit the ground running. That at times has been an issue this season where the Rangers will kind of take a little while to find that extra gear. You know, it takes them 8, 10, 12 minutes, whatever it might be, and then eventually they pick it up a little bit. But in this game, uh, they had the jump at the Bruins right from the opening faceoff, but they got better as the game went on. The first period was great. The second period was even better. The third period was even better than that. And like we said, a lot of guys contributing in a lot of different ways. You got Keith Kincaid getting a shutout, his first win since 2019, uh, an 18-save shutout. I don't think Kincaid was under heavy fire. It wasn't one of these stand-on-your-head kind of performances, but, you know, he did make some nice saves, some critical saves in some big spots. And in some ways, I'm not going to say an 18-save shutout where you don't see a lot of action. That's clearly not as impressive as, like, a 53-save shutout when you're standing on your head the entire game and your team wins one to nothing. I get that. But... In its own way, I think a performance like this is impressive. When you're back there and you're in your goal crease and nothing's happening, nothing's happening, nothing's happening, you're barely having to do anything. The very few saves that you're having to make are, are very simple. And then out of nowhere, you, know, you have to make a really nice kick save and you come up with that save. So you know, in its own right, I mean, again, it, it's not as impressive as you know one of those performances where a goalie makes 50-plus saves. But it's very impressive in its own right to be able to uh, wait there, basically, for some action and then be up to the task when it actually happens. So... Yeah, very impressive performance by Kincaid. It sounds like he is going to be back in net for the Rangers once again tonight against the Philadelphia Flyers. Igor Shosturkin still not available. This is something we talked about not too long ago as well, but, you know, Igor Shosturkin listed as day-to-day. Day-to-day can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people, and I think we're finding that out now because— and this is a little bit more of a procedural move, but Igor Shosturkin was just recently placed on the IR. He's eligible to come off it whenever. When you go on the IR, you have to be there for— at least seven days since you last played. And since Igor Shosturkin last played more than a week ago, uh, he can come back whenever. And again, we will talk about all the moves that the Rangers have made in greater detail shortly. But again, this is a really nice win against the Bruins. Want to kind of celebrate it together here before we uh, move on to the Ranger roster moves. But obviously, we got to talk about the return of Artemi Panarin, and we are going to do that in just a second here. So as we all know, Artemi Panarin returns back to the lineup. Looked pretty darn good for somebody who hadn't played hockey in about three weeks or so. And, you know, it's one of those games, I don't know that Artemi Panarin ever completely took over. He did look very good. It wasn't one of those games, though, where he uh, completely takes over the way that he's capable of doing. But one thing that really stands out, first of all, he just makes everybody around him better and certain things. I know the Rangers went 0-5 on the power play, but to me, it just looked at least slightly more dangerous than it has in recent games. But when Artemi Panarin has the puck, and this is what you really notice, especially after you've gone quite a few games without Panarin, when he has the puck... There's a certain apprehension on the part of the opposing team, even a strong veteran team like the Bruins. When Artemi Panarin has the puck, and again, this is doubly true on the power play, but when Panarin has the puck and he's in his spot there in the left face-off circle and he's looking to make something happen and he's maintaining possession, he could pass, he could shoot out of nowhere, there's definitely a certain tension on the part of the opposition. I mean, you could just sense it. It jumps right off the screen. Uh, The Bruins, you know, they're looking at Panarin. It's like, oh God, oh God, what's he going to do? Is he going to shoot? Is he going to pass? You can just kind of sense it, and that's what Artemi Panarin. Panarin brings to the table. Uh, he really is just one of the, I mean, he should have been the MVP last year. I'll say it until I'm blue in the face, but he really just does make guys around him that much better. And, you know, he ends up getting an assist in this game as well. An absolutely beautiful pass. This made the score 3 to nothing Rangers about midway through the third period, about eight minutes into the third period, actually. But it's one of those goals that we saw a bunch of times last year where Panarin and Strom link up. Uh, Panarin gets to the puck. up. Uh, Colin Blackwell had actually taken a shot from the left side. The save was made, but Panarin goes and gets it, and basically with his back turn to where Ryan Strom is positioned, he immediately just dishes over to Strom, and Strom... Puts it in from the doorstep. So, just an absolutely beautiful goal right there. And that made it 3 0. Gave the Rangers some breathing room in the third period. And of course, they go on to win the game 4 0. But obviously, a sight for very sore eyes. For a while, you know, the Rangers were doing okay without Panarin. They were scoring some goals. They had that game against the Devils where they scored six goals. And, you know, they had won six out of eight. I know Panarin was there for at least a couple of those. But, you know, when you go through a three game losing streak and the biggest issue is that you're not creating enough offense. Uh, you very much noticed that Artemi Panarin is out, not out there. And so it was just great to have him back and see him doing his thing uh, back with the Rangers on Saturday. And hopefully he can pick up right where he left off in tonight's game against the Philadelphia Flyers. But something else we got to talk about is Mika Zibanejad because he, again, uh, played a very strong game here. It's funny because we've gotten little flashes of the old Mika Zibanejad throughout this season. Every time you think he's ready to like really take off, though, it, it seems like you know the next game is maybe not so great for him. But maybe, just maybe, this is the game that gets him going because. He had two assists in this game, and both of them were, were big time. These goals don't get scored without Mika Zibanejad. The first one was a goal by Ke'Andre Miller. Miller gets his second as a pro, and Zabanajad wins an offensive zone faceoff. We have not said that a whole lot about the Rangers, you know, getting a goal that comes by way of winning an offensive zone faceoff, but Mika wins the faceoff. Uh, over to his right to Buchnevich. Buchnevich has the puck along the boards. Quickly, you know, very simple play, just moves it right back to Ke'Andre Miller, and Miller throws the puck at the net, and we've talked about wanting the Rangers to do more of this. Kreider's in front of uh, Yaroslav Halak. He's screening him, and the puck goes in. And like we said, Ke'Andre Miller with his second goal in the NHL. But it was great. You know, everybody just did what they were supposed to do on this play. Total team effort. Kreider obviously is not going to get credit with an assist. But he's in front of the net there. He's creating havoc. He's moving the Boston Bruin defenseman out of the way and just basically doing whatever he feels like doing there. Uh, Halak complained after this goal. I don't know why. I don't know if maybe he thought it was 1996 and Chris Kreider is not allowed to be in the crease. But I can assure you that is not the case. Kreider has every right to be there. There was no contact made with Halak on this play. So uh, a clean goal. And again, it comes off of an offensive zone face-off win by Mika Zibanejad set the whole thing up. And then Zibanejad's other assist, this time he assists Chris Kreider, and this is about as beautiful of a pass as you will ever see, and I don't say that lightly because we've seen some nice passing from the Rangers over these last couple of years. A lot of skilled players and a lot of beautiful goals being scored by these guys, but this was just awesome. So Jacob Truba has the puck, plays it in deep to Mika Zibanejad. Zibanejad's got the puck kind of near the corner, but kind of along the, the goal line, and He sees Chris Kreider across the ice, right? And he has to... He's got to put just the right amount of speed on this pass because if he doesn't put enough gas on it, then the Bruins defenseman is going to be able to get there and break it up and probably, you know, move the puck out of the zone. If he puts too much heat on it, then Kreider's not going to be able to get to this patch of the ice in time. It's basically just going to go right through there, probably end up along the other boards and and just completely misfire. But Mika, my God, the touch on this pass, it was just absolutely perfect. He uh, basically just... Plays the puck to an open sheet of ice in front of the Bruins' net. But like we said, just out of the reach of a Bruins defenseman and just slow enough that Kreider could still get to there before it, you know, just went right through the crease and went by everybody. And Kreider gets to it on the doorstep and he buries it from point blank range. It was awesome. The Bruins defenseman had a chance to break up the play. He actually went into a headfirst dive to try to knock it away from Kreider, but nothing doing. Kreider scores, and again, an absolutely perfect pass for Mika Zibanejad. He had to put just the right amount of sauce on this pass for it to work because, again, too slow. It gets broken up by the defenseman too fast. Kreider's not going to be able to get there in time. As good of a pass, as good of a primary assist as the Rangers have had all season. Something else we got to talk about here is the decision to finally and uh, somewhat mercifully make Brett Howden a healthy scratch. Look, I'm not picking on Brett Howden. I'm not trying to take down an easy target here. Like I said, I've been very practical about this whole thing. Uh, Before Panarin came back, it felt like the Rangers had 13 forwards for 12 spots. And my way of thinking is just that, you know what, Brett Howden, to me, is number 13 of those 13 forwards, and he should not be in the lineup at the expense of somebody like, you know, Julian Gauthier or Brian Lemieux or Philip DiGiuseppe or Colin Blackwell. And Brett Howden had played in 113 straight games for the Rangers, but his time, to me, it had finally come. It's time for Brett Howden to take a seat, especially with the return of Artemi Panarin, and now you've got 14 forwards for 12 spots, and two guys are going to have to be out of the lineup two guys that maybe you don't necessarily want to have out of the lineup, and I include Brett Howden in that because he does bring some good penalty killing to the table, but it was finally his turn to take a seat, and indeed he does do that. Howden is a healthy stretch. Julian Gauthier is also a healthy scratch. Gauthier has played better recently, and I think some of the best hockey that he's really played since he's been in the NHL, but I understand this. I mean, I think I'm willing to sacrifice some offense with Gauthier because I would rather have the toughness and the physicality that guys like Philip Giuseppe and Kevin Rooney and Brandon Lemieux and even Colin Blackwell, that those guys bring to the table, I want that for a game against the Boston Bruins when you know it's been nasty all season, you know it's been chippy all season, you know that there could be some problems. So it's unfortunate to take Gautier out of the lineup, but I, I think it was just kind of necessitated by this matchup. And by the way, Artemi Panarin's back, so that should uh, compensate for the loss of offense that Julian Gautier can provide you with. Something else that's absolutely crazy here, guys, is the penalty kill once again went five for five. They did that without Brett Howden. And again, I take nothing away from Brett Howden. The Ranger penalty kill has been absolutely fantastic this season. They came into this game ranked number four in the NHL, but to me, it was like, that can't be the only reason why Brett Howden gets to continue being in the lineup. is because he's good on the penalty kill. Maybe the penalty kill can be great without Brett Howden. Maybe they can absorb that loss. And it is a loss. Again, I'm not taking anything away from Howden. He has his hand in the Rangers being a strong penalty kill team just as much as anybody else does. Just as much as uh, Ryan Lingren. Just as much as Kevin Rooney. Just as much as Adam Fox. Just as much as uh, Pavel Bucinevich. Mika Zabantad. The list goes on and on. All those guys have contributed to what has been a fantastic penalty kill unit for this team. But you know what? I think at a certain point, we got to find out, can we survive without Brett Howden? And at least in the first game, they did because the Bruins, again, they went 0 for 5 on the power play. And not only that, they got nothing, man. They got no power play opportunities. And on one hand, you know, we do get on the Rangers from time to time on this show about taking too many penalties. And, you know, giving five power play opportunities to the Bruins is probably too much. But I'll give them a little bit of a pass in this game because, first of all, it's Rangers-Bruins— these teams, again, it's been nasty. It's been chippy. There's been a lot going back and forth uh, through all six of these games this season. So some penalties, that's kind of a byproduct of just the nature of of how these games have gone. And on top of that, these refs were calling everything. I mean, I'm not going to go crazy about the refs because if nothing else, they were consistent. But if you did anything that looked like it might be a penalty, oh yeah, the arm was going up and you were going to the penalty box. So you know, it is what it is. Again, five power plays is too many, but the Rangers themselves got five power plays. The refs were calling everything. And again, a lot of chippiness between the Rangers and Bruins this season. And to me, you pretty much have to go back to the same lineup for tonight's game against the Flyers because, again, this is a very complete game for the Rangers and I just don't know how much you want to tinker with anything uh coming off of a performance like this and we'll see you know Vitaly Kravtsov he has to go through his two week quarantine anyway so he's not gonna be available for a little while I know there's a lot of Ranger fans who want to see what he can do you can count me among you but I just I can't mess with the lineup after a performance like this and to me that includes Keith Kincaid he's got to be back in the net and indeed the Rangers have announced that he will be back in the net for an encore performance here against the Flyers We've been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, amazing-tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. Now is the time to find out which Built Bar is the best. It is Built Bar Madness. Go to builtbar.com or to @builtbar on Twitter. Remember, use promo code LOCKEDON15. Remember, use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That is LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com and check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best-tasting protein bar. Today's episode of Locked on New York Rangers is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. BetOnline offers real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it is free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline.ag. Your online sportsbook experts. Once again, BetOnline.ag. Get the upper hand in your fantasy league with daily fantasy hockey advice from Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Fantasy hockey expert Scott Cullen gives you the tips insights, and analysis for season-long Dynasty and DFS leagues, breaking down all the stats and information to keep you ahead of the competition. Subscribe to the Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. A couple other quick notes here from Rangers and Bruins, and then we'll move on to some of the uh, moves that the Rangers have made over the weekend here. But first of all, uh, I really like this. This was very early in the game, first minute or two minutes at the very most. Jacob Truba involved in a little dust-up with Patrice Bergeron, And, you know, it was nothing major. It was one of those things where they were kind of tangled up, and then after the whistle, uh, you know, they're kind of continuing to push and shove each other. And, you know, Truba just kind of, I think, sent a message there that, you know what, we're going to be a different team today than we were two nights ago. This is not going to be an easy game for you, Patrice Bergeron. And, uh, you know, we've come to play here today. So it was nothing major, but I like Jacob Truba, you know, mixing it up a little bit with one of their star players after the whistle there and, uh, you know, just sending a little bit of an early message. Something else I got to point out, which a lot of you are probably aware of, but it's something that, nevertheless, bears repeating. Some of you may not be aware of this, and it's that Pavel Buchnevich now leads the New York Rangers in points. And obviously, Artemi Panarin's extended absence has quite a bit to do with that, but be that as it may, Pavel Buchnevich still having a fantastic season for the New York Rangers. And something that I've noticed, you know, over the years with Buchnevich, like we talked about last year, very, very streaky player. He's up, he's down, he's up, he's down. He's a little bit like Chris Kreider in that respect. But one thing that I've definitely noticed about Pavel Buchnevich this season is You know, he has had some ups and some downs this season. A little bit streaky, just like he's been in years past. But the difference this year is that the ups are so much better. They seem to last longer. And the downs aren't quite as bad. As they were in previous years, and they don't seem to last nearly as long. He doesn't do his disappearing act that he did in in previous seasons, you know, where he would just disappear for, you know, seven games, nine games, 11 games, whatever it might be. Uh, That doesn't seem to happen this year for Pavel Buchnevich. He's become a more consistent player and somebody who plays in all three areas of the ice. And somebody who's just on fire right now. Three goals and six assists in his last seven games. So uh, just a very impressive start to the season for Pavel Buchnevich. And fingers crossed that he can keep it going and maybe even get Mikas Zibanejad rolling a little bit. We'll see uh, how often the Rangers uh, roll with those two on the same line going forward, but I definitely don't think it would be a bad idea to leave those two together and, and hopefully Buchnevich can almost kind of pay Mika back because Mika, you know, kind of uh, elevated Buchnevich last year. Maybe this year Bucznewicz can elevate Mika a little bit, get him back to being at least close to the player that Mika Zibanejad was last season. And I also want to give some props to Keandre Miller because he played a really strong game for the Rangers in this game against the Bruins. Not just the goal, uh, there was an incident where the Rangers were killing a penalty and this was fairly early in the game. I believe it was the first period and Patrice Bergeron has the puck. Rough day for Bergeron because Miller basically just knocked him right down to the ice. uh, Just a clean hit and then cleared the puck down the ice. So uh, that that was great to see and just a strong overall performance by Keandre Miller and really uh, the entire uh, crew of Ranger Defensive because we talked about Keith Kincaid's strong performance and indeed he was very good. He gets the 18 save shutout but what do you notice about that? Yeah, just 18 shots on goal for the Boston Bruins, a team that can certainly generate offense. I know they've struggled a little bit in that department recently but you know they have it in them to, to produce a lot of shots on net and a lot of goals so uh you can't say enough about the job that these ranger defensemen did against the boston bruins basically just shutting them down and limiting scoring chances of all kind not too many high danger scoring opportunities for the boston bruins and like we said whenever they did get one keith kincaid was there to make the save but for the most part the ranger defensemen just doing a great job shutting this team down for the entire afternoon and as far as the Bruins are concerned, the Rangers are now 2-3-1 and one against the Bruins through six games this season. They play them twice more, and it just so happens that those are the last two games of the season. They will be played on Thursday, May 6th, and Saturday, May 8th. Both those games are in Boston, and let's hope that those games have some meaning for the Rangers. You know, they, they always have meaning, but you know what I mean. Let's hope that the Rangers are trying to fight their way into the playoffs, or maybe they're trying to even improve their standing in the playoffs. Maybe they're already in at that point. I mean, crazier things have happened. It certainly seems like making the playoffs is going to be an uphill battle for this Ranger team this season, but let's just keep our fingers crossed that those are meaningful games for the Blue Shirts down the stretch this season. We also mentioned at the top of the show that the Rangers had placed Jack Johnson on waivers, and it is now being reported that he has indeed cleared waivers. And now that he has cleared waivers, The Rangers are able to put him either on the taxi squad or they can assign him to AHL Hartford. Uh, We'll look to see what they do there. The topic of it is just a little strange because not too long ago, the Rangers had a game. It was the, let's see, what was it? That was the second game against the Penguins from this past week, and the Rangers chose to make Jack Johnson active on game night while making Libor Hayek a healthy scratch, and Johnson actually scored a goal in that game, and now I realize it was a fluky goal, and he's not going to like you know secure his roster spot because of one fluky goal that deflects off the skate of a Penguin defenseman into the net. I get that. He also prevented a goal in that game, did Jack Johnson. It looked like uh, Kincaid was beat, and the puck was about to go in, and Johnson prevented it. But after one of what was maybe his better games with the Rangers, and I realize that's not the highest bar ever, but what was one of his better games for the Rangers, when it was even a little bit of a surprise that he was active over Libor Hayek to begin with, he's then a healthy scratch, he's then a healthy scratch again, and then he's placed on waivers. Like it's just it's just strange to me. The timing's a little bit strange. If you were gonna waive this guy, I would think earlier in the season, when he was really struggling, that maybe was the time to do it. And right now, you know, rather than play him on waivers, I would think maybe look to trade him. I mean, again. You got to remember, you trade somebody like, you know, we've mentioned Brandon Smith as a possibility to be traded. We've also mentioned Jack Johnson as a possibility to be traded. You're not going to get a King's Ransom in return, but you can get a late round draft pick. And so I see no reason why the Rangers wouldn't look to do that. I mean, maybe... They figured they would just put on him on waivers. If somebody claims him, they claim him. And if not, then Johnson remains in the organization. The Rangers can always go back to him in a situation later in the season if there's an injury to a defense. And I probably just answered my own question there. That probably is what they're thinking, where, you know, if somebody gets injured, Jack Johnson is still an option to put back into the lineup. He still is in the Ranger organization. They took that little bit of a risk putting him on waivers that he could be claimed. Alas, he goes unclaimed, and uh, he will be staying with the Rangers for the time being. But we'll see how that plays out going forward. I should also mention that Jack Johnson has been playing through an injury, and David Quinn has really commended his toughness through it, calling him a warrior for playing through the uh, pain that he's been playing through. The other news that I know that a lot of Ranger fans are very excited about is that Vitaly Krasov has arrived to New York City. Uh, his season in the KHL concluded with Tractor being eliminated in the first round, and so now he has to quarantine for 10 days. He is eligible to practice with the Rangers as soon as March 23rd. And the March 25th game would be the earliest possible time that we could see Krasov make his NHL debut. In that March 25 game, the Rangers will be at Philadelphia against the Flyers. So that's the earliest possible uh, game that we could see Vitaly Krassoff on the ice for the New York Rangers. We'll look to see how they play it. But Kravtsov is coming off of a nice season in the KHL. It's definitely the best season of hockey he's had really anywhere since the Rangers made him the number nine overall pick back 2018. Krassoff in 49 regular season games in the KHL, scored 16 goals, dished out eight assists, and then in five playoff games, he scored two goals and also had two assists. So a nice showing for himself as well in the playoffs there. And my only ask from the Rangers here is that please put this guy into at least the top nine. I mean, I again, I I don't think it's a recipe for success to take somebody like Vitali Krasov, play him seven minutes a night, and play him on the fourth line with guys who are probably not going to score goals. If that's going to be the case, then I would say put him with the Hartford Wolfpack, let him continue to hone his craft down there. But like I said, we'll look to see how the Rangers play it when Vitali Krasov uh, presumably makes his Ranger debut against the Flyers. I mean, there's no confirmation that that indeed is going to be the the day but that's the first day that he's eligible once again March 25th that is a Thursday against the Philadelphia Flyers so uh yeah we'll look to see how it goes at that time as we also mentioned in the intro to the show Morgan Barron has been added to the Rangers taxi squad that move was made official on Saturday that means he will soon be practicing with the team Doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to be immediately added to the lineup, although you got to think that it's at least a possibility. He's off to a great start with the Wolfpack in eight games with the Wolfpack this season. Barron has scored five goals and dished out two assists. We will see what happens as far as him potentially uh, cracking the Ranger lineup. But as you guys can notice here, it's all of a sudden it's getting very, very crowded. You know, you've got Barron who's now in the mix. You've got Vitaly Krasov who's now in the mix. Uh, Artemi Panarin is back. Everybody's getting healthy. That's the other thing. And that's obviously a good thing. But it does create for a very, very uh, crowded situation here for the forwards. Capo Caco is off of the uh, COVID list. And... It looks like the Rangers are finally nearing full health. I mean, really, the only guy who's still out is Igor Shesterkin. He's still listed as day-to-day. And also this man, Philip Giuseppe, who was just recently added to the uh, COVID protocol list. So obviously, fingers crossed that Phil DiGiuseppe is okay. When you're on the COVID protocol list, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have COVID. It also doesn't rule it out. But basically, uh, you're not going to be eligible to play. And so, uh, yeah, fingers crossed that Phil DiGiuseppe is all right. I think he played well in uh, this most recent game against the Bruins. He's a big, tough physical player. And uh, the thing I loved at the end of this game, the puck was behind... Uh, the Bruins net, and DiGiuseppe went in there on the four check, and there's only about 10 seconds or so, but he just lays in one more uh, pretty big hit. Nice crunch along the boards there, uh, just kind of putting the exclamation point on the Ranger win there. So unfortunate that he's been added to the COVID list, but yeah, going to be very, very interested to see how uh, the Rangers line up tonight against the Flyers. Who's in the lineup? Who's out of the lineup? You know, maybe Brett Howden gets back in now that, uh, you know, Philip DiGiuseppe is going to be out. Maybe Julian Gauthier gets back in in Phil Giuseppe's absence, but yeah, it's going to be very, very interesting to keep track going forward. Of uh how the Rangers look to get these guys into the lineup. You gotta believe Vitaly Krasov, his time is gonna come. He is gonna play for the New York Rangers this season. Morgan Barron, I don't know if it's as much of a slam dunk, but I get the feeling, you know, we'll eventually see him at least get a chance with the Rangers. We'll see what he can do. He has played well in the Wolf Pack and he's probably earned the opportunity to uh you know dress for a couple of games for the Rangers but like we said very crowded and a very intriguing situation to keep tabs on going forward here especially now that everybody's healthy and obviously David Quinn is going to have some difficult decisions to make night in and night out for this New York Ranger team. One other uh, bit of news I wanted to share with you guys is that Matt Zuccarello is back. And when I say he's back, I don't just mean he's back from injury. He's back in the lineup because if you guys remembered, he had to have arm surgery in the offseason. I mean he's back to being Matt Zuccarello. He's 33 years old now, and uh, for anybody who needs a refresher, he's playing with the Minnesota Wild. But he, since he's been back on February 16th, he has four goals and 14 assists. So that's obviously 18 points in that time he is actually number four in the NHL in points. He trails only Connor McDavid, who has 22, Leon Draisaitl, who has 19, Patrick Kane, who has 19 and so that's just obviously awesome to see. For a while, you know, you're starting to wonder if Matt Zuccarello is ever going to get back to being the player that he once was with the Rangers or even anywhere close to that, and man, he is back in a big way. That is just awesome to see. There was a game not too long ago where he had three assists, so uh, just just fantastic to see Matt Zuccarello, you know, the, the concussion that he had with the Rangers, and obviously this offseason arm surgery. You're almost starting to wondering if, if he's starting to really wind down, and uh at least how he's played recently, that certainly does not seem to be the case. Matt Zuccarello back in a big way for the Minnesota Wild. So, again, just couldn't happen to a nicer guy. Awesome to see Matt Zuccarello back playing some quality hockey for the Minnesota Wild. But that's going to do it for today, guys. The Rangers are going to be back in action tonight, Monday night, against the Philadelphia Flyers. The puck drops at 7 p.m. back at Madison Square Garden. The six-game road trip has concluded, and the Rangers will play the Flyers tonight and also on Wednesday night. Wednesday night, the game starts at 7.30. So, yeah adjust accordingly, and we'll see if the Rangers can just pick up basically right where they left off in this most recent game against the Boston Bruins here against the Philadelphia Flyers tonight. But yes, that will do it for today. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to lockedonnyrangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is lockedonnyrangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time.